Hello, everybody. Dave Neal here, stand-up comic, and we have a very interesting Monday for you, April 17th, 2023. This is Bachelor Rush Hour. All right, so much to get to. The failed live reunion of Love is Blind last night. Still can't get it on my Netflix. I don't know about you guys. We've got Vanderpump seen at Coachella. Some Vanderpump updates. And also... Bachelor, our flagship reality show, the smut dating show empire franchise, The Bachelor. We have Caitlin Bristow on a podcast teasing her return to reality TV. So much to get into right now. Let's let this song breathe. Let's groove. Let's commute home. It's Monday. big shout out and thank you to everyone from this past Friday making it our most profitable bachelor rush hour so far as you know we aired out and played my full interview with Dr. Diane Strakowski as we analyzed the pre-finale couple pairings from Love is Blind as we know Love is Blind you know tries to market itself as a niche dating show, but it's become super popular in some circles, probably bigger internationally than The Bachelor. Although, you know, we still think The Bachelor rules the, you know, domestic market. But Love is Blind can be seen all over the world, or not seen in this case. Last night, what a disaster. We're going to get to my reaction to the live stream after this. But first, Jackie, uh, portrayed as the villain on this past season, uh, had spoken out after her edit when it appeared that she maybe cheated on her fiancé, Marshall, with Josh. Well, here's what she had to say at the time. I have seen the latest episode that has that, that have premiered on Love is Blind, and I must speak the truth. Marshall and I were broken up before I saw Josh at the coffee shop. I'm wearing different clothes. My hair is styled differently. You know, but for some reason, nobody wanted to believe Jackie because they wanted to defend Marshall, the good person in this whole situation. And as I've said time and time again, everybody's trying the best with the information they have. And, you know, sometimes you come off looking horribly because you're not good at fighting. You're not good at the stress and anxiety of being on camera or any of these things. Well, of course, Jackie shared this on her Instagram today. All of the receipts. Wedding fitting from April 29th, 2022. And it shows her texting other friends saying, yeah, I broke up with Marshall. So it seems to be that she was on the right side of the receipts and she was broken up before starting her next relationship. And that's not enough for some people. They say, oh, but you said this or you did that. And it's like, look, folks, I don't know what to say other than Jackie. I hope after she watched the season, she wasn't just being defensive because everyone was out to get her, but took inventory on ways she could improve. And my best guess for Jackie is therapy works wonders and we could all use it. But for those people leaving hateful comments and death threats, it's just useless, folks. And your life's no better or worse. We're all just struggling with the hurdles that we have in front of us. All of us. Every single one of us. So they said Jackie and Josh, who they have hard launched, are officially in a relationship. They've been together for a year now, I believe living together. And again, this is of no defense to them, just to say, come on, folks, at the very least, we can all be reasonable. And uh, Jackie and Josh were uninvited from the finale reunion. And she said it was because they received a ton of death threats and they wanted to keep them at home for their own safety. My guess is Netflix 
and because they were going live, didn't want Jackie saying something that would get them into a conversation they did not want to have. Namely, the fact that Jackie's accusing Marshall of using a transphobic slur. She provides these receipts. Of course, all of the receipts are her telling her side of the story. So they're not, uh, like I said, it's not a smoking gun or empirical evidence, but I think it's important to hear her out. And I think it's important that we, as an audience, remain level-headed. But of course, I don't think we're pretty good at that. All right, let's move it on. Wishing Jackie and Josh lots of love. And of course, if we get a response from Marshall, we'll share his side of the story. Speaking of drama in the reality world, (laughs) Vanderpump Rules star Ariana Madix is single and having fun, including canoodling at Coachella. After split from Tom Sandoval. After Ariana was spotted kissing a fitness influencer at the California Desert Music Festival, a source tells people the Vanderpump Rules star isn't jumping into anything serious. But as we've said before, and we'll say it again, the best way to get over somebody is to get under someone else. Consensually, folks. And then in other Vanderpump Rules news, oh, we're really churning today, folks. We are churning today. Tom Sandoval and Raquel, the lady he cheated on uh, Ariana with, guess it was noted that they actually had fake names they put in each other's phones so that way they wouldn't get busted. So apparently Tom referred to Raquel as Jamie, which, of course, a very, I don't know, um, uh, you know, genderless name. I don't want to call it genderless, but you know, it could go. It could go in many directions. Is what I'm trying to say here. So either way, busted, caught, red-handed, both Tom and and uh, Raquel, aka Jamie. All right. Well, let's jump into the goods. Do you guys want the goods or not? Netflix really failed last night. What a mess. They uh, lost uh, what would turn out to be three billion dollars in stock. Um, as the uh, stock price went down. Of course, uh, that's all speculation, and I don't think that's a big deal. They'll recover it probably tomorrow. But either way, let's get to it. Here's my full story. Netflix, oh, what a mess. A live Love is Blind special on Netflix is delayed vexing fans. The streaming service, which was making a rare foray into live content, left fans hanging for more than an hour as they signed in to watch a highly anticipated reunion episode. That's right. It was an absolute disaster. Here's what Vanessa said last night. We are so sorry we're late, Vanessa Lachey, who co-hosts a show with her husband Nick, said when the show finally began. We are no longer live, but we are now finally here. And so Some people were able to get in, you know, live. It was like an exclusive club. Most people, as I record this on Monday morning, still can't get in. It was Netflix's second foray into streaming programs live. Last month, it streamed Chris Rock's live stand-up comedy special. And then, of course, this one was the failure. All right, let's see what they have to say. There's an issue with the live stream was the first, you know, because we all tried to sign in. We're hitting it. I'm yelling at my lady. What are you doing? You're not hitting the right button. I'm hitting the button and nothing's going. And then we take to Twitter and everything, you know, all hell broke loose after an hour where we realized that probably it's not going to happen. Netflix brought on a different company than the one that was produced the last four, than the one that has produced the last four seasons of the dating show. Sunday's program was produced by Embassy Row with Brandon Monk and Michael Davies as executive producers. I got to tell you this. It doesn't, to me, sound like it's a problem with the producers in the production company. It, it to me, feels like everyone who was in the building, all of the different cameras and switchboards, all of that goes to one place. 
It goes to a stream and it uploads to Netflix. I believe if I had to take a guess that the production company did their job, they had run all their tests, but Netflix had some sort of issue with too many people trying to sign in from your mother's account. Cause none of us actually pay for the thing. And anyway, so, but it, it already seems here like the Netflix is trying to slam the production company, but you know, it's not rockets. It really isn't rocket science. I mean, I live stream all the time. I can figure it out. Uh, YouTube, obviously a more mature live streaming app than Netflix is, but get it together. All right. So Love is uh, Netflix posted this last night, late last night. Love is Blind. The reunion will be available globally at 12 p.m. Pacific time on April 17th. Today, Patriots Day. Uh, and a shout out to all of our friends who are running the Boston Marathon. One decade after the tragedy that took place there, Boston still strong. Solidarity for my New Englanders and, of course, all of us out there who overcome diver, um, over, who overcome adversity to achieve our dreams, not just by running a marathon, but in Boston's case, by recovering from a national tragedy. Okay. And, and if you want to watch that documentary on Netflix, very well done. The um, I think it's called uh, Boston Marathon, uh, an American Manhunt, something like that. Very well done. They just released it. Okay, so... Blockbuster tweeted this last night. It looks like they deleted the tweet. Remember renting VHSs from us? You could start it on time. No problem. This is what we get. Redbox said, solidarity, bro. <laughs> so there's Blockbuster and Redbox. Of course, titans of the past. Oh, and maybe you're a young Generation Z and you don't remember the uh, the good old days, as we call them, the late 90s, early 2000s. The smell of a musky uh, rug, uh, carpet that should have been cleaned, but probably had kids vomit and who knows what left over from years past. The new release section. And you had to, make, you had to see if they had the new uh, Hunger Games episode, whatever, you know, I don't know. Titanic, whatever it was that was coming out. My favorite part of Blockbuster, though, was the curated employee section. It'd always be like Thomas's Picks, and it'd be some movie you never heard of. You'd watch it, and you'd go, that was a really good movie. And then you'd watch another one of Thomas's movies, and you're like, I don't know who this Thomas guy is, but I think we're best friends now watching his movies. And anyway, so very fascinating stuff. i tell you what. Let's do this. Let's go through uh, Vanessa Lachey's uh, stories uh, and we'll, we'll we'll see if we can find the moment where things went wrong. We're walking yeah, in. Standing yesterday was actually. A good We're into <laughs> actual Netflix. Brandon, you ready for today? I am ready for today. Are you ready for today? Ready. They all thought they were ready. They weren't. What's today? Derek's ready. Today is what's today. I thought this was just. Joking. Do you, you know what today is, right? <laughs> Film day! I tell you what, you gotta be pissed off if you're Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey. It's not their fault. You know what I mean? They 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 prepared. They were ready to go. They were all excited, and it just didn't this happen. This is before. Ooh, wow. What are we doing? Uh, uh, beautiful pony. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful pony. Ooh, you Very are nice. doing reds and velvety. Okay, and there they are, getting ready, almost ready hey, we're for not rehearsal. Done yet? We're gonna. Redo the hair, but we're going to go do a quick dress rehearsal. Oh, they're going to redo the hair. Oh, boy. Somebody's getting fired. Not only did Netflix not do the live stream on time, but they didn't get the hair right. I'm going to dress. I'm going to let y'all pick the earring. We got this fun starburst. Don't care. So there they are. Rehearsal done. Leg shimmer. I don't know about you guys might not know this, but one of the ways I make my channel so successful is by putting on leg shimmer every morning. You just can't tell. I think she knew. But there it is. Her life is okay. Her life. Nice. 
Can we skip to the good part? All right, the before, the after, all the makeup, the contouring. Last looks, baby, we're going live. You ready? Wait, this is how I look? Oh, man. That's how you look? All right, I'm not going to show you. Do you wait, do you see, was there an extension cord unplugged in the background? <laughs> Did you guys see that? I think I found it out. Did they try to turn the the router on and off? Oh, boy. And here they are, are getting you ready. ready. Vanessa? Literally, okay. moments before they were supposed to go. And of course, they were left uh, kind of um, um, blue balled, I guess it would be the, uh, the metaphorical term there. All right. Uh, they, we were on the edge of our seat, if you will, um, and it didn't show up. They did record it, and you know, we'll have to see. I, I haven't watched it yet because it's like I'm not going to spend my whole morning buffering and waiting for it to go down. But it's very fascinating. Now, um, just for a clickbait status here, Netflix is down 2.32%, and with a $147 billion valuation, that is $3 billion. Now, did they lose $3 billion? No, it's all fake stock money. Now, if all of your money was in Netflix and you were trying to buy a home, and today you were like, I'm going to take all my money out of the stock market, maybe you don't do that. It's down 2.66% now, but uh, maybe it'll make a rally. We'll have to see. I, I, I don't think... I think the short-term speculation is stupid to discuss, but of course, we've been covering this other story. Anheuser-Busch, aka Bud Light CEO, offers flat apology following Bud Light's Dylan Mulvaney backlash. I've been covering this on the Bachelor Rush Hour podcast. Now look, I'll tell you what, my wife did a ambassadorship with Bud Light. They sent her a six-pack of beer, and she got paid, I don't know, X amount of money to promote it on her Instagram. They do this with tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people, and they did it with uh, with uh, uh, Dylan Mulvaney, who is trans. And because of that, it created a giant backlash. Kid Rock was trying to, you know, blow up Bud Light. And then here, the spineless uh, CEO of Anheuser-Busch says, we never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. We are in the business of bringing people together over a beer. I don't know, a pretty tasteless statement coming from a tasteless beer. Either way, my, my whole point is this. Why do people care? Why do people care, you know, if Bud Light, it, it became some cultural issue. I, the, the reason I bring it into this Netflix story is because there was articles that everyone was saying, oh, Bud Light lost billions of dollars. Let's, let's, let's see if they say it right here. They lost billions of, there it is. The $132 billion beer company has seen its market value plummet by $5 billion. Well, hey, guess, guess what, idiot? Netflix couldn't even turn one TV show on, and they plummeted by $3 billion. It's going to rally. Nobody cares. Nobody with a, a sense of what matters in this world cares at all. Now, a lot of people said, well, we don't care that Bud Light was representing a trans person. It was that they were representing the wrong trans person. Okay, put your money where your waterless, tasteless beer is, and let's see them, um, you know, sponsor a better trans person. Good grief, folks. It's a disgusting um, display of culture wars, if you ask me. You know, I'm not one to shy away from the culture wars as they exist out there. I just reject all the fear-mongering that goes on. You know what I mean? I reject this, like... Um, it's just a wild world we live in, regardless of what quote unquote side you're on. And I don't think it should be left versus right. I think there are way many, way more factors involved politically speaking um, and culturally speaking than it's just the left versus the right. Whenever we whittle things down into simplicity like that, we make each other look stupid. But either way, whenever anyone tries to sell me on fear, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I won't be sold on fear and I won't fall for this conversation about what is right and wrong, you know, for a beer company. By the way, 
Bud Light, it's owned by a Belgian company. They sold that they sold to Europe at this point. The most American thing is selling to the highest bidder out of the country. All right, speaking of the highest bidder out of the country, we've got successful wine mogul and greatest bachelor contestant of all time. Caitlin Bristow on one of my favorite podcasts, Trading Secrets, with her fiance, Jason Tartik, discussing possibly getting back into reality TV. Here's the full clip. You can go listen to the conversation wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, if you don't mind uh, giving us a nice rating and review, share with your friends, screen grab. If you're listening in your car, take a photo. Uh, when you're at a safe stoplight, take a photo of that dashboard and tag us on Instagram at Neils. I'd love to share it with everybody else. We appreciate everyone who's listening. And let's jump into Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tartik. I heard uh, through the grapevine this morning that Jason Tartik was looking for new guests on his podcast. Katie from Carroll. Can we get Alex Earl on the pod? We're working on yeah, it. We're we in touch would, with yeah. our agent. McCraney said Dave Neal would be a great interview. We'll work on Dave Neal. I love that guy. Eight course Whoa, 23. Listen, love- Jason, you can work on me any day of the week. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You want to get me. You know my number. Um, I actually might be in Nashville um, for a stand-up show. I will be in New York. If you want to know where you can see me perform, uh, link in the comment section. Join my uh, mailing list. Linktree.com slash Dave Neal. There's a free mailing list you can join. But yeah, Jason, hit me up. You know where to find me. Me. Um, you can work on me any day of the week and twice on Tuesdays. Okay, let's go to the beginning of this part two, Caitlin Bristow. And by the way, Jason's doing a good job um, pushing his YouTube channel. Uh, this is what you got to do. High quality, three camera setup, nice little set there. Get live guests in person. You get a better setup. The difference between what they've got here versus, I don't know, just an audio version or, or like a Zoom interview, it's like a 95 mile mile an hour fastball versus an 88 mile an hour fastball. It might not seem like a big difference, but it's a difference from being an all-star podcast and just a run in the mill podcast. So congratulations to them. Let's just play. I got a whole bunch of clips here. Let's listen. Did you negotiate it all to be the bachelorette or did you just say, give me the deal? I have 1500 bucks in my account. I had a $2 net worth before you would I'm think, in. You would think, because I think they offered me $40,000. You'd think I would be like, jackpot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sign yeah. me up. But no, Penny, bless her again, was like, I'm giving you an entertainment lawyer. It's going to cost you a lot of money, but it's going to be worth it in the end. I didn't even know. I didn't know you. All right, so she gets an entertainment lawyer. They get like 5% or something, but she goes from offered 40 grand to probably making about 125,000 is my guess. Of course, she had to deal with the, you know, crazy bachelor nation is probably worth every penny, Uh, but good for her for negotiating that. And let's go here uh, talking about Instagram followers post show. How many followers did you have before you went on to be the bachelorette? Like 350,000. Okay. And interesting. Okay. And, that, and were there other platforms at that point? It was just like Twitter and YouTube, right? No, um, Snapchat. I- and of course, she was big on Snapchat because she accidentally spoiled her season. Remember this? She spoiled. She accidentally posted a photo with her then fiance, Sean, I think in bed, whatever. It was like, whoops, it was supposed to be for like your private community. Got. I was. What? I was like the Alex Earl of Snapchat on, (laughs) yeah, like it was crazy. So she was big on Snapchat and doesn't use it anymore. You know, I used to use Snapchat and I just, I just re-downloaded it. I haven't used it in years. It's, you don't, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a mess. Although a lot of people are back on it, but um, you know, save, save your time. Although you can follow me. It's my same username, D Niels. 
Stars Tour, which was the most lucrative? Right, so the question was, what was the most lucrative? Being on The Bachelorette, which we know they didn't say this year, but she made about 125000 140000 something like that, versus Dancing with the Stars. And now Dancing with the Stars, you get paid like a six figure income. And then if you make it to like a, to the next level, I think you get another hundred grand or another 50 grand. So dancing with the stars, you're getting between one to $200,000 or hosting the bachelorette. Um, hosting. Okay. So she says she made more hosting and she doesn't say how much she made, but we can imagine it's over a quarter million dollars. If she made more hosting, maybe it's at least 200,000 plus my guess would be around 200 grand. Um, now, of course, Chris Harrison made a lot more than that. Well, what's up with the pay discrepancy? I understand she showed up to bachelorette, not even knowing she was going to be the host. They never actually called her the host. You know what I mean? Uh, Cause they didn't, they were like kicking the can down the road at first. They didn't know if they were going to bring Chris Harrison back and we know how that ended. Um, okay, so the question was, would she do reality TV again? And here is the big reveal. Let's listen to this. When you think about your career, where it is today, would you be willing to do reality TV again? Yes. You would? I wouldn't I'm have said that. I'm very surprised. I wouldn't I'm have said shocked that. shocked by that. I wouldn't have said that three years ago. What? Okay. I would do reality TV again if... Yep. Um, it didn't dumb down my brand and make me look stupid. How can you plan? How can you prepare for that profession? I feel like that's a fear that women probably have more than men. This fear of looking stupid because it's I think it's easy for companies to want to uh, water down the female. I'll, I'll use this example with Marianne Williamson. A lot of people were laughing at her when she ran for the presidency because she was talking about like a peace force versus a war force. But she also became the most Googled candidate and had a lot of buzz around her. And she's actually rising in the rankings right now as she runs for uh, for uh, the uh, D uh, Democratic nominee, uh, the uh, the DNC nomination here. So my point being is that I don't as a as a man, I don't think I have to worry as much about people not taking me seriously as a woman would. We know that because uh, it can be harder for women to negotiate uh, for their pay because a lot of times the the the, pay, the the wage gap is it's complicated for sure, but it exists in part, and this is of no offense to women, but it exists in part because of the way that the infrastructure hasn't in the past valued the voices of women as far as in leadership roles and this and that. So th th these are all true things. So she's out here saying, hey. I can talk about my sex life. I can say funny and or dumb things. And you're going to still take me seriously because I built this equity. And I think that's a huge, uh, huge uh, sort of uh, force that people might not realize when they're when they're getting Caitlin Bristow, that she's way more smarter than people think. Because if I had creative control and was an executive producer, then I would make sure of that. Got it. OK, so you want to be a producer then? Yeah, if I was to do if I was to do reality television You'd again, want some I would producing want control. To be, yes, okay. and then they and we're going to jump ahead here. They they talk about this reality TV show again, and of course she's probably thinking about like the the lifestyles of the Kardashians. We know that some of the Jenners are worth billions in part because of this colossal media empire that they have built. And if you look at influencers, the new trend is to sell a physical product. And by that, I mean, Mr. Beast has Feastables. Um, uh, Locum Paul has Prime, which is going to be the first multi-billion multi dollar company to come from a YouTuber. 
Isn't that insane, folks? So uh, you've got George Clooney with the tequila, Schwarzenegger, Dan Aykroyd. Everyone's getting into the liquor game. There's a lot of money to be had there because there's big margins. Um, you know, so she talks about her wine company here. Let's have a listen. Fair. So no more nine to wine. We'll see more off the vine. Potentially what? a TV show, though. Potentially a TV show with what? My wine. In off the vine. TV show? I don't know. Um, we're, What's we're... going on? You and UTA got a TV show going? No, it's just something I'm thinking about. I tell you what, she's doing the right things because for her to send me three bottles of Spade and Sparrow, she uh, had her PR people send me a nice gift package on the back. It says, great legs, full body, and the wine's not bad either. Spade and Sparrows, pop this Pinot and pour yourself a day changer with notes of fresh strawberries and raspberries, soft velvety tannins, and aromas of rose petals. Your mouth will thank you. In fact, others will too because this bottle is the ultimate crowd pleaser just like you. How funny is that? That's a pretty, that's some great marketing right there. So she's got a good product out here, Spades. And I'm not, she's not paying me to promote it, folks. I'm just saying you can see the marketing genius because no offense, I get 18,000 Instagram followers, not a huge following, pretty big on YouTube, I think, uh, getting in there on the podcast world. But for her to put the product in the good hands of our community, I think is a smart business move, if you ask me. There's some ideas floating Something around. Something tells me there's more to that, but I got to bring this conversation because we only have 13 minutes left and I could ask Caitlin a million questions. I got to bring it to your baby, Spade and Sparrows. Yeah, my Spade baby. Spade and Sparrows, the baby of babies. If you guys haven't heard of Off the Vine because literally you live under a rock, make sure you go download it, check it out. There's obviously a lot coming in a tour on the way, maybe even a TV show. But as we transition to the wine, I have a bunch of questions. First question, how did you decide who you're partner should be? Oh, uh, well, it, we, we met with so many different people that could, we could partner with for production and everything. And oh, we're running out of time. So basically she says that, um, she found the right fit because she just didn't want to slap her name on a product, but she wanted to really build it from the ground up. Of Spain Sparrow since inception to today. Like how have you guys grown? What does it look like? Yeah. Again, we, we started obviously as like a smaller company and wanted to go big. So of course there was opportunities for me to just slap my name on a label. That so then they gave, they wanted to go big. So they put the product in the hands of power, power recap. Okay. Uh, and then our final clip here as she talks about speed and sparrows. You grown each year or have you guys ever like, how is, how is the success of the company when you're looking at um, just like, I don't know, since inception, 2019, 2020, 21, has it been growing every year? Yeah. Target for sure has helped with that. Obviously our partners, Don Sebastiani and sons who does our production and distribution and everything have been the most incredible partners to work with. All right. So there she is. It's growing. It's in Target. Of course, you can find it in select Walmarts. It's a, I mean, it's a huge deal for her to have her product in all these places. Maybe one of these days we'll get Spade and Sparrow as a sponsor here on the podcast. But in the meantime, that's going to do it for our Monday. Uh, we're going to have more content coming to you tomorrow. More Love is Blind, more Vanderpump, and more Bachelor Nation news. In the meantime, have a safe trip home. Oh, yeah, tomorrow we'll cover American Idol. been watching the uh, Hawaii. They, they all shipped off to Hawaii, the top 26. We're watching them all perform right now. We'll get to some of that tomorrow's episode. Don't forget to follow, subscribe if you haven't already, and we will talk to you later. I've been Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour.